This month's RV Newscast will cover the latest RV news and travel trends. April RV shipment numbers are in, and RV production has hit yet another low versus prior years. There are also significant changes for anyone who would ever want to RV camp in Florida from other states. There's a lot to cover, so let's get started. On May 24, 2023, the RVIA posted the latest RV wholesale shipment data for April 2023. Production numbers continue a downward trend compared to the prior month and are significantly down year over year as expected. 31,216 total RVs were shipped in April compared to the record 57,043 in April 2022, down about 45% year over year. Travel trailers witnessed a significant decline with only 20,394 shipped in April versus a record of 40,435 a year ago, about a 50% decline. It was by far the worst April for towable trailer shipments other than 2020 in over six years. Almost 6,000 fewer travel trailers were shipped in April versus 2016. Meanwhile, RVs for sale on RVTrader.com are slowly declining but continue to remain high. There were 142,311 new units for sale as of May 24th. This is down about 5,000 units from late April's 147,282 units and down approximately 24,000 new units versus late May of 2022. Used units for sale again increased by about 2,000 to 52,916, up from 50,802 last month, as more people attempt to unload used RVs. This is now the sixth week in a row with used for sale units above 50,000 after four months in a row below 50,000. This time last year, the number of used RVs for sale was 53,718. So we have about 800 fewer used units for sale versus late May of 2022. So, as expected, we are seeing new inventory decline slowly and used units for sale increasing in the middle of spring selling season. Given that new unit pricing has been significantly discounted, the swing to purchasing new versus used is moving toward the new market. As an example of the move toward buying new versus used, I recently had an interesting comment from a YouTube viewer. They recently purchased a brand new 2022 RV. Quote, I just picked up a new 2022 Heartland Pioneer BH250. Went back and forth with them, the dealer, for a week, but they ended up making the deal. I ended up getting about $18,000 off retail, which is a 48% reduction in price from original MSRP, unquote. This points to the issue we've been reiterating for months. Dealers are willing to dig deep to move new 2022 models, of which there were 39,100 on RVTrader.com on May 26th. If you're willing to take the risk on quality, price is very negotiable just now. On the other hand, I recently talked with a local dealer and discussed the current RV market. He mentioned that sales were off versus 2022, which showed in the amount of inventory on his lot. This confirms what we've been discussing and points to a continued slowdown. He mentioned that the service side of the business was up 
as people who purchased during the pandemic boom now require service to their existing rigs. The Bureau of Labor Statistics has revised Elkhart County, Indiana's latest manufacturing employment data for March 2023. The revision shows that at the height of production last April through June of 2022, there were 77,200 people employed in manufacturing. For March 2023, this number stood at 71,100 people, down 6,100 since the peak. Before we move on, just a heads up about our Twitter account. We want to reach 500 Twitter followers so we can post long-form updates and longer videos. We use Twitter to push news updates and communicate more regularly on essential topics. Please take a moment and head to Twitter and search for at John Marucci to follow along. For the high-end market, inventory levels for Colonial Airstream in Millstone Township, New Jersey, one of the nation's largest Airstream dealers, continue to move towards a buyer's market with in-stock units remaining high. About a year ago, roughly 68% of Colonial's inventory was pre-ordered, meaning only 32% of their Airstream inventory was either on the lot for sale or being delivered and available. Now, roughly 75% of inventory is available for sale, with only 25% spoken for. Also, total inventories declined from 298 units to just 185 units year over year. This is a considerable decrease in sellable inventory and a significant shift in the mix of available units. Gas prices have declined in the past month. According to AAA, the current average nationwide price as of May 27th was $3.57.9 per gallon for regular unleaded down 5.7 cents from a month ago and down $1.02 per gallon from a year ago. An RV trip of 3,000 miles at 10 miles per gallon would cost $1,074 now versus $1,380 a year ago, about a 22% decrease year over year. Diesel broke below the $4 mark and sits at $3.97.1, down about 19 cents from a month ago and down about $1.56 from a year ago. A similar 3,000 mile trip getting 15 miles per gallon would cost $794 now versus $1,106 a year ago, a 28.5% decrease. If you currently camp at Florida State Parks or might want to someday, the next story is a big deal. I live in Michigan and have stayed at Florida State Parks in the past to escape the cold winters and without question, for RV camping, Florida State Parks have been an exceptional value. A recently signed bill, CSHB 109, allows Florida State residents to book campsites 11 months in advance with proof of citizenship of a Florida driver's license or identification card. Non-residents will now be curtailed to book 10 months in advance, a month later than residents. Before this change, Non-residents could also book 11 months in advance. According to RVTravel.com, quote, the legislation was introduced in response to complaints that third parties were taking up reservations that were made available by the Department of Environmental Protection, unquote. To be clear, this was a fully bipartisan bill. The Florida State House voted 107 to zero to approve the bill and the Florida State Senate passed the bill 39 to zero. The governor signed the bill into law on May 11th, 
with the law going into effect on January 1, 2024. As I have had no issues booking campsites for peak season, I don't think the real reason for the bill is to restrain third parties from reselling campsites. Giving Florida residents priority access is likely the main reason for the recent changes. Residents pay taxes, thus they should have first dibs on the parks. It is understandable for residents to have this access since the parks are in their state. As we'll discuss, I think there is likely a better solution. Obviously, for residents of Florida, this is a huge win as they can get a jump on reserving some of the best campsites without directly competing against people out of state. Contrarily, for those of us who like staying at Florida State Parks and live in other states, it is a huge loss with major future travel implications. Creating a timing differential between state residents and out-of-state visitors creates an attractive incentive to warehouse bookings for resale at a higher cost to out-of-state visitors. Let's look at some data. In January of 2022, for example, 57,945 nights were booked by out-of-state parties versus 34,863 for Florida residents. All to say, there are large numbers of out-of-state visitors who camp using Florida State Parks. Moreover, the average length of stay for January 2022 was 3.824 nights for out-of-state parties versus 2.654 nights for Florida residents. This indicates that out-of-state visitors stay longer and thus pay more per stay. The downstream effects of creating a timing differential between in-state residents and out-of-state visitors are significant. We need to understand that Florida State Park campsites are subsidized below the market rate. A recent 14-day stay of mine at Lake Louisa State Park in Claremont, Florida cost $488.44 or $34.89 per night. Looking at a future stay in April 2024, for a 14-day reservation at Thousand Trails RV Park, just a few miles south of Lake Louisa is $808.08, or $57.72 per night, for a full hookup site. The Lake Louisa RV site is underpriced by $22.83 per night versus Thousand Trails. This pricing subsidy and differential from the market price is one of the main reasons why out-of-state campers go to Florida State Parks. I would also argue that state parks generally have better natural surroundings than private campgrounds. How much would I be willing to pay for a full hookup site at Lake Louisa State Park given the actual market price? I think I'd be willing to pay at least $60 per night if and only if I can secure a long enough stay to plan a prolonged trip. I may even be willing to pay up to $70 per night given the surroundings. Thus, the problem with a subsidized platform, it creates an incentive for a secondary market. Suppose the price that a Florida resident can secure a prime Lake Louisa RV site is only $35 per night, and an out-of-state winter camper would be willing to pay up to $70 per night. In that case, it creates a considerable incentive to warehouse the asset and try to resell it to out-of-state campers. In essence, the state government, both parties, invited into the market the very third-party players that the bill proposed to exclude. If I'm correct, then two things will happen. First, state parks will see a significant drop in future winter revenue 
as those who need to secure longer blocks can't get inventory due to the timing differential and forego state parks altogether. Second, residents will continue to have a hard time getting reservations, even with no out-of-state competition for sites. This eliminates the very thing desired while lowering revenues. Given the apparent pricing differential, the state should instead have increased pricing for out-of-state parties to the market price and kept the reservation windows equal. Price is the primary determinant of demand for any product. Given a high enough price, out-of-state demand would have naturally waned, opening more capacity. The same outcome would occur if the subsidy remained for state residents while increasing revenue and curtailing the secondary market. It amazes me that no one from either political party saw the adverse downstream effects of such a solution. As for me, should I desire to RV in Florida in the winter, I'll have to look at non-state park locations and now pay the market price. This is why, according to RVTravel.com, quote, the bill's passage has been welcomed by the Florida Association of RV Parks and Campgrounds and the Florida Recreational Vehicle Trade Association, unquote. Of course, with more winter demand, these private campgrounds can raise prices. You may not see all these secondary effects show up immediately, but give it five to 10 years and the state parks will be short financially and prices will have to be raised to compensate for the revenue shortfall. At that point, out-of-state RVers will have adjusted their habits permanently. If I'm correct, it is a lose-lose-lose. For out-of-state campers immediately, Florida residents and state park revenues in the longer term. There are other secondary effects we don't have time to cover, things like how state residents will have IDs verified and still be able to book online, and how the park rangers will have to verify the identity of campers, not to mention getting new campground hosts, given many of whom are from out of state. Okay, that'll do it for today's episode. Remember, you can find great information on living life remotely on johnmarucci.com. As always, we appreciate your support of this show and the channel by starting your shopping from our Amazon storefront. Just go to johnmarucci.com and click the Amazon store link. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. This is John Marucci and so long for now.